hello, I'm Morgan. I identify as a person with a disability. And I'm Tatoon, and I also identify as someone with a disability. So let's talk disability. How are things with you? How are things now that you're done school? I am not done school. (laughs) So yeah, I was done school for a week, and now I'm going back. So fun, fun, fun. Oh, yeah. Didn't you start yesterday? I did. I sure did. That's awesome. I realized the burnout, I guess, from just like having such a like medically complex semester and just stressful semester. And then after the semester end, I was like, oh, thank God. And then I just didn't do anything for like a month. Well, to be honest with you, like I, I've seen some of the things that you've went through this semester. And yeah, mm-hmm. like you deserve a break for sure. I have been sleeping a lot and it's like, it's just wild how much sitting in a lecture hall for three hours, which I'm not used to because all of other university classes that I've done, they've all been like an hour and a half or less, but they've been multiple times a week, whereas like ours were three hours once a week. And man, it's exhausting to sit in a class, like just to sit there for three hours and like listen to somebody. I also just have a hard time listening so <laughs> yeah no I'm happy you brought that up because the to get those um accommodations especially for people uh, like myself who have physical disabilities I I can't also handle sitting for that very long mm-hmm. and um that hence why I take such a reduced course load because I couldn't do that as often as um other students could right but it's mm-hmm. hard getting those accommodations for those um people just don't understand that 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 sitting aspect in class and and like you said three hours it's 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 a lot on on our bodies right I don't think people um really understand that that's a lot (laughs) yeah right that's an interesting point because when I was taking online classes this is where I felt comfortable although it was a little bit of challenge working on group assignments um online but what I found is physically it wasn't as demanding right because I didn't have to I didn't have to make my way to the college right and if I did get tired I could be doing my lectures in my bed stretching out my legs so there's that comfortableness that you get from online that of course you lack that um in-person setting right but it, it it's also everybody's needs are different and maybe we should be able to kind of accommodate that in the future for people who are looking to take further studies right maybe maybe they only come into the campus when it's a group assignment and if it's just a normal lecture maybe we 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 allow them the option to take it online right if that's easier for them you know what I mean yeah I like I I really enjoyed like when I was off um, for my surgery like having you know having to take two months off that was much longer than I was expecting to have to take off but that was what my body needed and I had to honor that um and you know like I needed to come back in my best condition in order to do well in school and I missed out on a lot um for me like just being such a social butterfly like I I thrive like you're saying like we feed you feed off of like each other's energy I feed off of people's energy. I could be having the worst day ever, but then like our instructors come in running and screaming and I, I follow along and all of a sudden like I'm like, okay, I could do this. Like it's kind of one of those 
things where I feed off people's energy, but I didn't have that. I was in, you know, my basement alone and it was really hardened on honestly depressing, like to, to not have that around me all the time anymore. And, but, and so like to have that online component that did show up for one of my classes for sure, like was super, super helpful. Just like overall, not only just staying caught up, but also just staying in that motivated mindset of like, you know, just being around people again and feeding my social battery and all of that, um, I think was like really beneficial. And it's really beneficial for the sake of that I literally couldn't leave my house. But like yeah. you're saying, like, also I could do it in my pajamas if I chose, like if I didn't have enough spoons the other day or like spoons to to get dressed that day, which yeah. tangent, I did find a shirt actually that said, um, I've run out of spoons. So now we're on knives. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. We don't <laughs> yeah and so um yeah just like just if you don't have enough spoons which you know we talk about the spoon theory which basically is for people with chronic illness that basically say you have only so many spoons in a day which each spoon represents energy and each task represent or takes a certain amount of spoons which basically means each task takes a certain amount of energy sometimes by 10 a.m people don't have spoons left um yeah, I think it's, I think that like the online portion was so beneficial for so many. And like the fact that we went back in person and they just got rid of it all together, I think really kind of threw me for a loop because I was like, I know I thrive better when I'm around people, but like also I would like to have the opportunity to do that from home if, if I need to. Yeah. It just shows that when you're working with individuals with or when you're working with them or supporting them that not not everything is black and white, right? We have to be able to be flexible um and accommodating and I think and then not putting everybody in a box, right? You know what I mean? Like just just between me and you, look at the difference, right? So you're a social butterfly, you enjoy being in lectures where yeah, I can be a social butterfly, but I actually enjoyed the flexibility of being at home and being able to physically accommodate my body for those lectures in order to be successful. So it just shows that even in terms of education, um, you know, not everything has to be black and white. And, and we, we need to look at um, supporting individuals with disabilities and, and many different factors, right, in many different ways and be flexible towards that. So yeah, and it's yeah. not even disability either, too. Like, it's this is benefiting. Like, there were so many people who were parents, like your parent, and just like saying, you know, it benefited me to be able to stay from home, especially if my kid was sick or, you know, if my kid was had a day off of school, then at least they had somebody at home to, you know, feed them and, um, you know, clean up their mess. And- yeah, no, I, yeah, parents go through that too. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think it's you know the we talk about accommodations for people with disabilities but we also don't realize the benefit that it has for so many people and just like in different capacities like even instructors like for them to be able to teach online um was really beneficial if they were sick but like were well enough to you know actually lecture then at least they could lecture online um and provide that opportunity so we didn't have to miss a lecture or make up a lecture um but also do it from the safety of their own home which were the rules at the time and 
whatnot. So I think like for everybody, it benefits and also then opens the the opportunity for people with disabilities to actually be, you know, a part of these things. Like we talk about how we want more representation in our disability studies program um, to have people with disabilities, like actually being the ones who teach and who talk. And um, this opens up the door for them to be able to do that. Whereas before, you know, if you had to show up in person, well, you know, I have friends who would be absolutely amazing people to to talk to, but they're not going to be able to come to campus. Yeah. Yeah. I recently heard about an accommodation that I'm actually like thinking about using for next year, but we'll see like, or for the fall. Um, I don't know if this is like one that exists for like group projects. They, apparently there's a combination where you can request that you only work with people that you choose or like you're only allowed to work with a certain set of people that you know work well with you or just work well in general um, to take that stress off of potentially ending up with people who maybe don't um, have the same motivation or same timeline and things like that. Um, and I'm debating about um, adding that in, but then I'm also like, this is my last year. So like, is it worth it? That's really interesting. I I, I haven't heard of that, but no, I understand the stress that comes with it. Cause as you know, I seek you out every time. We're yeah. in class. And <laughs> like for me, I've only had one class with you last term, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like, um, there's an anxiety that comes with not knowing if somebody's gonna, you know, do their part. Right. Mm-hmm. And you make such an effort. I think people don't recognize the effort that goes into us even making it to lecture. Right. Yeah. Just to get the aspect, the, you know, driving or taking dads or taking buses just to get there is, is a whole lot of, it's a, it's a whole day's work for us. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So the less anxiety, I think the the better it is for us. Mm-hmm. But, um, but um, like you said, too, it's our last semester, which will be or our last year, and mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. And we're going to lose that core um, students that we're used to, right? Because now we're going to be going into uh, a bunch of new students, I think me and you will be the only um, from this year, right? Yeah, so- the only returning students. Yeah, so it's kind of like experimenting all over again, right? Figuring out people's um, personality, seeing if they're mm-hmm. or good. So, but it would be good to investigate and see if it is worth it for other students and see if it's something that needs to be implemented, right? Yeah, and so. I think like the reason I seek you out is we're both very passionate. We both share the same, I think, level of passion and motivation to do well. Whereas like some people are in this course because they have to take it or they're in this program for different reasons and I feel like we're in it for very similar reasons and so a lot of our ideologies align and our experiences and things like that and so I feel like we just work well together because we're working on the same wavelength anyways um but I also like I don't know I enjoy sitting down and because we we just get into such like I mean usually too deep for the actual assignment itself but yeah I like that we (laughs) get on to things and then we end up roping ourselves into being chairs of projects absolutely and and to be honest um even even our work ethics I think align so our passion kind of drive upon like I I feel driven by your passion as well so we feed off of each other but Mm -hmm. at the same I'm our work ethics. I know I, I there's a certain level of, oh, I, I know that 
if I need help, Morgan will be there to help me, or I know that Morgan will take care of this and get this completed, right? There's that security that um, knowing that that partnership is working, right? But yeah, it'll be interesting to see next year, um, Mm -hmm. because I don't even think we're taking that many classes together again, right? So there might be a few classes where I, I don't have your support and, but we can still support each other. I mean, regardless of taking classes or not, right? But accommodations won't work unless everybody puts the effort in. Um, So I've had a few classes where, um, you know, like, like instructors were very accommodating. And then I've had um, experiences where some may, may not be as accommodating, right? So accommodations won't work unless everybody puts in the effort to, to support those individuals, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, hopefully society moves towards that, right? And there has to be like a, I don't know, there has to be like a baseline um, in mm-hmm. terms of these these mindsets, because I feel like I feel like some people get it and some people are still learning, which is fine. But it just puts a, a hinder in the person that's in there kind of saying, hey, I need these supports. And then you're 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 kind of being thrown in the middle because they they don't know which way to to accommodate you. Right. So 100 percent. And so I'm really hoping that like, you know, our future projects that we're kind of working on right now with, you know, making sure that IDPD, International Day of Persons with Disabilities is celebrated every year and um, yeah. not just like with the city, but like with the people that, you know, are in these in these areas and expertise um, and just like having more disability awareness. I think like we can really make an impact on these accommodations actually being seen through. Yeah. Yeah. And also just making it aware of like the different things that we can do that maybe don't cost money or aren't like there are accommodations that we can just make on the fly. And like, we don't have to put them in somebody's, you know, I DP or like, yeah, we don't have to be, it doesn't have to be written. It can just happen. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we shouldn't look for, permission for certain things that are just common sense right yeah. and if, if if the person is telling you this is helpful to me then don't hesitate because your hesitations might bring bring fear and anxiety to that person right yeah um, so absolutely yeah I'm just like thinking back you know just like field trips and stuff when I was a kid and like I don't know if you had like similar experiences where just like sometimes you know it was you missed out on stuff because like of regulation but there's other times where like people just got creative and you're just like, I don't know if this is like okay or not, but we're going to roll with it and see how it goes. And it ended up being fun. Yeah, I do have, I have one memory for some reason that's sticking out right now that you mentioned it. Um, I think I was in a camp. It was back in Ontario when I lived uh, in Toronto and we went for like a week camp with my, like with my classmates and then other students from other schools were also um, kind of mushed in with us. And they were, I think they were going sledding or something like that. And I couldn't go sledding for obvious reasons. And they just, they just made it work. Um, we got like a cardboard and they had me there. And they, of course, they asked me if I was comfortable to do this. And it was just um, the people that were there were just kind of like, no, we need to, we need to make sure that she's included, right? And I just remember that kind of being in in my memory. But I mean, yeah, like it's it it those kind of moments just stick with you, hey? 
Oh, yeah. There's been so many, like, I don't even, I'm, I'm sure I have better examples. But I remember once my uh, family, like, we were, this isn't necessarily in school, but, um, like, we were on a hiking trip. And my mom, like, yeah, this is, you know, an accessible hike. And so we brought my my grandma as well. And we were all, like, going through this hike. And this is, like, Nelson, B.C., hippie town and like woodsy and so we can get 10 feet into the into this hike and then we realize it's absolutely not wheelchair accessible (laughs) oh wow and then we're like okay well what do we do and my mom's like we'll stick your wheelchair in a bush and you can your brother will help you and we'll we'll climb through the tree or climb through the the woods I was like okay and so we literally took my wheelchair and stuck it in a bush and I climbed with my brother through the woods we made it work and it was by no means, you know, the smoothest, but uh, we made it work. And, you know, I had the time of my life and I still remember it, obviously. So. And you came back and your chair was still there. And it's it yes. the, the effort is what you remember. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. and just like playing games, too, and leadership and stuff. Like I was the leadership kid in high school and like there was one it was called Toxic Waste. And we had to basically all stand on this like little piece of paper. And there was like eight of us and me being as small as I am. I was like, so how do we make this work? And then they're like, well, we can just sacrifice you because you're allowed to sacrifice people. And like, basically, that just meant that I would, you know, die in the toxic waste. And I was like, or like, I have 100 pounds, you guys can just pick me up and piggyback me. And they're like, okay, we could do that too. And then like, so every time I would just like go and run into the bathroom and I'd take off all of my orthotics. We had like 10 minutes to like strategize so I just run to the bathroom and I take off all my heavy orthotics or anything and then I would just run back out all right I'm ready and then like I would just get piggybacked and that was that was the strategy and that was how I was included every time (laughs) that's awesome actually you know um you know what made me comfortable in terms of like our friendship me and you Mm -hmm. I remember one one lecture you were so funny I think I don't remember whose class it was but um I think it was Jess's class. I think it was um, intro to disabilities or maybe might be human development. I'm not sure. She was human development, I think. Yeah. So you were, you were taught, we were talking about how like accessibility is just sometimes, you know, like things don't make sense. Southgate, um, you know, that elevator where it's positioned (laughs) and then you were, you were saying like, hey, if, if the elevator breaks down, you just wait for a cute guy to kind of, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's always the strategy if there's ever a fire it's either I perish and burn or I wait for a cute guy to come and carry me down exactly and and that stood out I was just like oh her sense of humor about her disability I love it because it you know it takes it takes a comfortable soul to, to 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 say those things you know what I mean to say um I might want a firefighter who's really handsome, hint, hint, to come and, and rescue me from, from an elevator that should be working, that's not working at a certain LRT station, right? So it's, mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love that we can, um, we can just make things work, whether it's with family, whether it's with, you know, hiking trips. It's just, I think that's what it is. It's not, it's not, it's not huge, you know, it's not. It's not rocket science. It's just making things work for that moment, right? Yeah. Well, and you know where that mentality comes from is actually from high school. Um, so high school for me was like the first time I went to a school. Well, I shouldn't say it was the first time. It was the first time I went to a school that was too large for me to be able to get out of the building independently. And I started using my wheelchair more at school. And so we had this elevator and they, <laughs> the first day of grade 10, I remember like 
my English teacher, who is my homeroom teacher, pulls me aside and she goes, so like, what's your evacuation plan if there's a fire drill? Because like there is one this week. And I was like, I don't know. What should I do? And uh, she was like, and I was like, well, I mean, like if there's really a burning building, I'm getting out. Like I'm not, I'm not waiting for someone to come get me. And right. she was like, okay. And I was like, well, I can walk down if I have like a buffer. So like now my, my strategy is always to have like people around me. So then like there's a buffer that people have to walk around so that yeah. I don't get knocked down. And um, she was like, okay, like you can just walk down and we'll have somebody like walk with you. And then she's like, in worst case scenario, we have a bunch of football guys or people on the football team here. So we'll just get one of the, them to like throw you over their shoulder and carry you down. It's like done that deal. <laughs> yeah. And like, what a you know, perfect icebreaker in high school. Oh, you yeah. always wanted to talk to that football player, but there's yeah. your opportunity. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so after we had that like the chaotic like week where we had like four fire drills or something within one week, do you remember that? Yeah, it was in the beginning, I think, uh, fall term. Yeah. But fortunately, I, I was outside with you for the, we were already downstairs for one of them. Yeah, so we were already downstairs for one of them, and we literally just, like, walked out the door. Or, no, we were sitting outside the door, and then, like, we had to walk across the street. Um, But there was two more that week that I was in, and I remember one of the, or maybe it was one, I don't know. Um, But one of them, I was in class. We were allowed to leave early that day. But we didn't. Mm-hmm. We all stayed because <laughs> this is this is the nature of our, our program. We all just stayed and chatted for like, you know, the next two hours. And so we all were still in this class and the fire alarm goes off. And this is the second year that we've all been together. Right. So um, everyone's already kind of been with me through a fire drill or like an, an evacuation. And so they all knew what to do. And so I remember. I remember Mary standing up and being like, so what's the procedure? Like, it's like the office. What's the procedure? Uh, yeah. She's like, what What do we do? And then like one of our classmates stood up and they're like, well, one person takes Morgan's wheelchair and like you just start rambling off my plan or how to get out. And I was like, okay. So like we we all know what the plan is to get me out of the building, which is great. Um, and so like everyone had learned, which was awesome for me because yeah. and I had to do basically no work to get out of the building um and everyone already knew what to do and was comfortable and just like assumed a position and it was great and yeah I don't know it was like kind of just hilarious because then like Mary was like oh okay you guys have a plan like you guys are good to go um but yeah it was quite funny I like that you brought that up because me and you had kind of talked about that event uh prior and like the one thing um I have to give kudos to is those individuals that you're mentioning, right? They were actually not afraid and and they were, I think, really comfortable in terms of your safety. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, not every class has those types of individuals where and I think they were just comfortable with the topic disability. You know what I mean? Oh, you have to have, yeah. And and they were willing willing to make sure that everything they've learned that they could apply right so they were really comfortable in terms of okay we need to get Morgan out this is what we're going to do and we're okay with implementing that right but I noticed is um not every class has those types of individuals right and and it'll be interesting to get your feedback in terms of if we have a drill next year um Mm -hmm. just the, the the differences between those two um a set of classmates, right? And it would be interesting to see how that would 
actually play out, right? Yeah, because um, it takes a it takes a, a person to to have initiative to make those types of actions. Actually, because I don't know, I don't know if I don't know if I would get anybody who was comfortable in my class, some of my classes, uh, to actually help me through an evacuation. To be honest with you, but me and you had already talked about this um, situation, and and I could see those individuals actually. Um, making that happen right and that was great and yeah so it'll be interesting I'll, we'll have to do uh we'll have to do a follow-up on this topic yeah no 100 because yeah I and this was like and it's like this time that it happened in in Mary's class was the second time we've had this happen together and so like everyone was already prepared but even like just like you're saying I think like we just as a as a group had built such a strong rapport that literally like the first and it was it was comforting to know that I was people's priority like I was somebody's priority and that people weren't just going to forget about me and say like okay this is you know what we're supposed to do like almost every time I've been in one of these situations like people are more they're like we're not having you wait here like we're actually getting you out of the building and um the first time I remember it happening I don't remember where we were um, or whose class we were in, but I remember it happening and then everybody stood up and then they all just looked at me and they said, okay, what's the plan? And so like, they were already thinking about the fact that like, you know, we needed to get me out of the building. And so that was, I think the, the start of it of like, yes, there was the confidence the second time, but like even the first time, like they were ready, like they were ready to listen to me and to do whatever it is I told them to do. And that's not like you're saying, that's not something we get every day. And that's not something that, you know, everyone's comfortable with doing. And even some workplaces and stuff that I've been in, like, you know, you tell someone to do something and they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, I'm ready. Like if and like one of, you know, one of my first things is like, how do you help? How do I help you go to the bathroom or whatever it is? Right. Like if that is part of my duties, like, you know, I want to show that comfort level right off the bat for things that people might normally have hesitation for. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, like, I, I feel like, um, this is why it's important for people to have a little bit of education about disabilities and how to support them, because there are so many agencies that, you know, that are there to support individuals with disabilities, but they don't even have those, um, those fast acting, you know, in like initiative taking types of, um, that's what that that that's what we need, you know, in those kind of circumstances. Like if there's a fire, I'm already panicking. So I don't want everybody around me panicking, right? Yeah. So I, it shows that I think with education, um, and just with a little bit of passion towards the cause, like we we can really make a difference. It could be life and death and even in emergency situations, right? It takes a certain type of personality, I think, to be in those kind of roles. Mm-hmm. And and we shouldn't settle for just anybody. I think I feel like sometimes, unfortunately, we're just settling, right? And and yeah. and it shouldn't be the case. But yeah, like that's a great example, and it would be interesting to see how it plays out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, as I know those individuals that you're talking about, and and to be honest, they 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 were go getters, right? They were just really passionate about what to do, and they were comfortable in their they they had confidence in terms of how to support, right? Yeah. Um, I think I think the other thing too, like with our group with 
like, and I know we're just still yeah. talking about school, but the the group that we've had, I think the other thing that really is important with, at least for me in my life is they have a really good sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they know, like, and obviously like everyone we work with are going to be different. And so some families, you know, I've cracked jokes and like, you know, they haven't laughed or things. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe not here, but yeah. um, like when you're in those dire situations, like, you know, like me saying, well, find a cute guy and get him to carry me down. Like it's, it's a way to have a buffer of that humor. So that it doesn't, while it's still a serious situation, it doesn't yeah. seem as intense. Um, you know, like I, I do it in the hospital all the time too. I was, I was having emergency brain surgery and they walked in and then I was like, oh dang, they're going to have to sh- like shave my head again. And they're like, we're doing emergency brain surgery and that's your problem. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. And they were just like, all started laughing. And like, you know, my friends called me from the hospital and I like, you know, I'm like cracking jokes over the phone and everyone's laughing, but like it's, and we still understand the seriousness, seriousness of the situation. But I think the group that we have, like, you know, has responded well to that humor and they've played along with it. Like I remember at the end of this semester, I remember we were talking about something and I had, I had gotten just onto the topic of hippos, how like they could open their mouth really wide. I was like, I know I could fit in there. And then one of the girls goes, yeah, you really could. I was like, cool. Do fear unlock. I remember that conversation. I think I was there actually. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think, um, yeah, sense of humor is a way to kind of break that ice, right? And then to convey what you need in a way where you can actually set the tone for other people. Because mm-hmm. I never met you in person when you made that comment about the cute guy lifting you up right and then I was just like oh okay so this is how she expresses her needs right and Mm -hmm. it was nice to know that you were comfortable enough and then for me and that just kind of stuck in my head right and then that set the tone for how me and you could communicate about our disabilities right it was a safe place we could use humor we could be comfortable and open and I think that's important but I Mm -hmm. also think um like just like you said that passion and and that um just knowing what how to deal with um any situation right and and being confident i think that goes a long way too for society in terms of supporting yeah well and, and just like and always oh, talk sorry. about hippos and big mouths yeah <laughs> yeah exactly always talk about hippos and their big mouths yeah yeah no i and like just even like my connection with you i think is partially so strong because of the fact like you know like you're saying even before we met in person yeah there was still the like sense of you know we were it was when we were in I think we were in that room of like for our practicum that we really got a chance to like because we were going to individual organizations without anybody else and we were sitting there chatting and I remember us chatting and I asked you what's your you know what what's your goal what's your goal with this? And you were like, I've already done all the healthcare stuff. I've already done the, you know, the group homes and whatnot. And you're like, my, my next step is the government. (laughs) And you were like, I'm going to take down things and reform them. And I was like, yes, girl, you go. And like, that was, that for me was like the point of like, I like you and I want to be your friend. Cause like you just got it. And you were just very forward with this is what I want in life. And you just like were so clear and adamant about what you wanted. And that for me was just like, yes, I know I'm going to like you. Like we're we're both going to be just like those people that just walk in and we're like, all right, guys, we're here and we're ready. And like, this is what we're doing. 
Yeah, no, I'm happy. Like, I, I'm happy you kind of brought that up because my background, as you know, um, I come from a healthcare aid background and I worked as a community support worker for many, 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 many years. Um, and while I'm in it, like I never saw a need to change because I, I felt fulfilled in terms of what I was doing. But um, so in the middle, I wanted to I wanted to work with children. I knew that after becoming a parent that I had this really like unbelievable desire to kind of impact children's lives. So I took, um, I took ELC, um, ELCC, and that was my first step in, in back in Norquest. And when I did that, I just realized um, they had an exceptionality class and bravo to them. Um, but they had not an exceptionality class, but they had a, a class that kind of introduced um children with disabilities. And, and when I took that, I was just like, huh, okay. So my passion is obviously disabilities because why not be the change you want to see in the future? Right. But like, why not work towards that? So then I knew as a person with a disability, I knew all the things that weren't working. Um, so I was like, so I could be an advocate for children and I could be an advocate for just people with disabilities and I could advocate to make those changes. Um, and, and so that's where me and you met, right? In this course. And, and the more I met individuals like you and all of the other fellow classmates that we've had, it, it just showed me that, okay, so in order to be the change you want to see, you kind of, you kind of need to learn more about the things that are not working out, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, intro to disability was huge because there were so many things that I, I didn't know, even though I was someone with a disability, right? I didn't really, my in my generation, we didn't really have to talk about institutions and we didn't have to talk about other things. And it, I cannot believe it's a privilege for me to be a parent as someone with a disability. I thought that was just a natural thing, right? Right. But yeah, like apparently now that is something that wasn't even given to us as a right before, right? So it just shows, I, I, I just, I, I know what I want to do. and. Um, I'm hoping individuals like you are going to be there on my side, right, to make those changes. So. Oh, yeah, I'm never leaving. You can't get rid of me. Once yeah. I'm like, I'm like the, like that little fly on the wall, like I'm always going to be there. I like eavesdropping. I like that. <laughs> yeah, but it was like really cool too, just to like, I remember one of the first days that we were in our program there was an instructor. I'm trying to remember who it was. I don't remember who it was or what class it was, but I remember us sitting down and they said, okay, why are you here? And it was really, really, really interesting because we had people coming from all over the world, like to our program. Like we had so many international students in our classes, like I'd say almost more than who were here. And um, it was so interesting. I think the two like that kind of stuck out to me were there are people here, you know, like our, our ending, the ending goal that they prepare us for is to be disability support workers. However, there are people who've talked about wanting to be in social work. There are people who've talked about, you know, wanting to go into corrections and actually become police officers. And they yeah. said, you know, I'm here because this is such a gap in, yeah. you know, the police world. And I would love to be the person to bridge that. And um, That's you know, amazing. then there's us who are like, you know, we have the lived experience and we'd love to um, work in 
these advocacy capacities, you know, and and change the world through advocacy and our our voices. Yeah. um, It was just like really interesting to hear everybody's individual goals with the program and just like why they were there, because I feel like our group wasn't there to be disability support workers solely. Like we were there as a place to start and to get experience. But um, I think we all were taking disability into very different paths. And this is, I think, the way and this is why I've been saying all semester that this is this is the group that is going to change the face of disability. And it might not happen now. um, And it might happen, you know, and it might be the fact that we just leave a legacy and then 50 years from now they go, oh, yeah, they were right. Like it's this is the group that's going to change it because we're taking it into so many different areas of life and the world that I think it'll be really interesting um, to see to see the impact because we're spreading it so far and so wide. And I think this is what's missing. I think this is the piece that's missing to really make those changes that are needed in our society to to enrich the lives of individuals with disabilities. Because, um, yeah, like I I I love the fact that um, this would be like the stepping stool for policing, right? How many people are having seizures because they might have epilepsy, but they're being arrested because they are, you know. The, the the officers or, you know, the correction officers are assuming that this person is having a drug overdose or mm-hmm. something else, right? So they're there's acting erratic because they have a mental illness. Exactly. Exactly. So so how how are you going to change those things if if at the end of the day, they don't understand it, right? And how you do that is through education, right? And through awareness and through um, compassion, right? So I, I yeah. love that. And I think that that individual is going to have a a different um, view of policing through this mm-hmm. this course, right? And and it, it goes on and and for me too, like um, it was mind boggling when I was working at the open house and I found out that even the social work program, right? You would think because I'm always assigned a social worker every time I go to the doctor's office and I'm asking for resources through the community or you know, employment agencies, I'm, I'm always assigned a social worker. That's my, you know, first level of contact. But how does, how does not having a course on disabilities as a social worker going to make me understand, right, the, the, the needs of this individual that I'm supposed to be supporting? That's, that's mind boggling yeah. to me. So there's a lot of change that needs to be done in society. And mm-hmm. I think, I, I think through education and through awareness and making sure that things are implemented and things are changed, right? For sure. Yeah. Well, and like even this year, I, so I'm a part of the patient immersion program through the U of A. I've been a part of it multiple times now. And it's, it's mind boggling to that, like still in the medical system when they're, they're talking about, um, you know, when they're talking to future doctors and future nurses and stuff, I mean, they're med students. So like they're going to be using the medical model of disability. Um, and you know, the medical model basically says that the diagnosis and the problem with the person is the diagnosis and you know, what's physically wrong with their body. Um, but you know, as people with disabilities who are living in the disability community, we're, we're moving through the social model where we say, you know, society is actually the problem in creating all these barriers and stuff. And yes, I have some physiological stuff that, that, causes issues but 
really my the impact that it's having on me, you know, being in society is more impacted on what society is actually doing themselves. And now we're moving past that to the affirmation model where, you know, that's that's the whole people with autism identifying as autistic rather than people with autism. And and so um, it's that whole going from person first language, which is part of the social model, to then now having that identity identity first language um, in the affirmation model, which is basically the affirmation model is just basically saying we can identify however we choose to identify and people need to respect that. And in the medical model or in the medical field, they're still in the medical model and they're not learning. Like it's through these conversations with these med students, I'm learning that still in 2023, that they are not being taught about, you know, these different models of disability and how, when you're interacting with people with disabilities, you can use the medical model because that's your education, but yeah. when you're interacting with them, like, and this is the way I also learned when working with people with disabilities, because I also lived with the medical model my entire life. Um, other places are using the social model. And so when I was at my last job, I had to use the social model to interact with pa- or with my participants, but yeah. I could still use the medical model in my head to think about the, and make sense of the way things were just for my own sake, but I didn't ne- necessarily say it out loud. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with them. Like they need to understand that when they're interacting with us, we are using a different model of disability and we're, we're seeing things from a different perspective. So yes, we understand that things are physically, physiologically wrong with us or, um, whatever you want to use the terms and, and wrong is the wrong word as well, but you know, you know what I'm, I'm getting at. Um, and so we, we understand that there are things that are causing complications, But you also have to understand that the way we talk about disability, um, and it's the same thing with like religion or anything you want to bring into it, the way we talk about disability is all individualized and you need to meet us where we are and talk about it with us the way we like to talk about it. Um, So we're being validated um, and our way of talking about our disability and our lives are being respected. And then you can go off and when you talk to your professor, you can talk about it however you choose to talk about it. Absolutely. Don't forget the human aspect of it. Right. And Mm -hmm. I agree. with you. And I think, um, I think that would help in so many areas, right? Like your doctor's visit doesn't have to just be about that. It could just be, what are the kind of supports that you need? And then they could actually see it from not just the disability point of view, right? Just how Mm -hmm. are you functioning? Um, are you, you know, and, and at the end of the day, for most of us, our conditions are permanent right? Yeah. Um, they're not going away. And we're, we're okay with that. We're mm-hmm. so okay with that. We just want to exist. We just want to live and we just want to be able to have um, a fulfilled life, right? Like mm-hmm. a purpose, right? That's all we want. Um, we're not looking to be cured or fixed and, and we're okay with that. So, so society needs to be okay with that. Right. And, and yeah. I think, I think these conversations are important, but yeah, we'll, we'll continue these conversations and be the voice that, you know, that hopefully can bring change. Yeah. And we'll, um, my hope is to also be talking to some other people and bring some other people on so we can get the full spectrum and just like uh, talk about whatever people want to talk about. Cause yeah. there's so many questions and everyone has their own pressing things that they would love to get out in the world. And I want to be, I want us to be that, that. To outlet for people to, to be, able to be able to use their voice and get that out there. I do too. This, I think this is amazing. 
And this is pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, No, thank you. Thank Um, you for joining us on this journey. Yes. And please, please send us your comments and questions and we look forward to addressing those. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Let's talk disability. Until next time.